on earth was a Dairy Queen blizzard. I just knew that the creator of this fine confection had to be a Christian because I thought it would take nothing less than the Holy Spirit's inspiration to come up with anything that tasted as good as an M&M blizzard. We ordered our burgers and fries and I had my blizzard. We took it outside on a sunny day and at exactly that moment, our daughter had her once-every-three-day diaper blowout. Our firstborn, as a baby, liked to save it up. She preferred to wait until we were on our way to church, had just sat down for dinner, had just given her a bath or some other convenient moment before she expunged the previous 72 hours worth of digestive effort. Cold fries don't taste very good, and melted blizzards lose a lot. Yet I knew I had a good 10 to 15 minutes worth of work ahead of me. Because this baby did it all at once, changing her meant not just a new diaper, but a veritable bath and a full change of clothing, and we were on the road. Don't just stand there, Lisa said. Help me. But I looked at my fries, already wilting with a shelf life of about 10 minutes. I stared forlornly at my blizzard, teasing my tongue with its promise, yet already looking as though it were about to start boiling in the hot sun. I put the food bag on top of the car and went to work. Life had changed indeed. It may sound like a small sacrifice to you, and even now, as I look back a decade and a half later, it seems insubstantial. But it marked a major turning point for this then 25-year-old. I was learning to put someone else's needs ahead of my own. Little did I know that I'd just begun the spiritually transformative journey called parenting. My wife and I have benefited greatly from books and seminars that teach us how to shape our children, but along the way, we've realized that our children also have molded us. Parenting is a two-way street. Our kids have taught us how to sacrifice, chapter 12, and how to handle guilt, chapter 3. They've schooled us in the art of listening and forced us to our knees in prayer, chapter 4. They've shown us how to laugh, chapter 5, how to grieve, chapter 9, and how to live courageously, chapter 6. They've helped us face our inadequacy, need, and reliance on one who is greater than we are. Chapter 13. The experience of parenting comprises one of the most influential aspects of spiritual formation I've ever known. Tiny Teachers. This idea that God can use children to teach us, that we have an opportunity to gain spiritual insight from those we are called to raise and teach, comes from our Lord Himself, who in this regard was something of a revolutionary. In the first century... Children enjoyed little esteem and virtually no respect. While families appreciated their own children, society merely tolerated them. The very language of the day reveals this first century prejudice. One Greek word for child, paeus or pation, also can mean servant or slave. Yet another, nepios, carries connotations of inexperience, foolishness, and helplessness. Greek philosophers regularly chided a stupid or foolish man by calling him Nepios. Indeed, even biblical writers admonish Christians to, quote, stop thinking like children, Padia, 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Imagine then the people's astonishment when Jesus brings a troublesome, noisy child and places him in front of the crowd, Matthew 18, 1 through 9. With his hand on the lad's shoulder, Jesus has the audacity to suggest that this small tyke provides an example to be followed. Even the boy himself had to feel great surprise. Young children couldn't wait to reach adulthood. They eagerly looked forward to shedding their lowly station, but Jesus said, no, you're missing it entirely. Unless you humble yourself like one of these, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. He means, 
Look at them now. Learn from them now and aspire to be like them. Then Jesus does it yet again, just after he clears the temple of the money changers. See Matthew 21, 12 through 16. Jesus not only chases off the thieves, but he heals the blind and the lame as well. The kids start shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. The chief priests and teachers of the law were furious and demanded of him, Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? What went on here? The religious leaders scoffed at Jesus, rein in these ignorant, foolish, and lowly children who treat you like the Messiah. You might be able to fool them, but we see right through you. Jesus shrewdly turned the tables, in essence saying, you were fooled, but not the ignorant children. Jesus seemed to delight in the fact that inexperienced, simple children had an understanding superior to the trained adults. Speaking to the crowds in Galilee, Jesus declared,